0: Okay, welcome to another episode. Can't thank you guys enough uh, for you know, the post on Facebook, the test, text messages, the private emails. It's great that you guys are enjoying this. I'm really happy about that. We're going to continue putting some good episodes out there. But keep telling people. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to start posting uh, little videos and stuff when I can and kind of make it a little more uh, than just a podcast. But again, I do appreciate it. Uh, We have another fun episode in store today uh, with Ron Stabinski. He's a a world-class piano player. But before we get started, I have to ask you guys, are you thinking about your retirement? I'm not asking that to to scare you. It's just a simple question. I'm sure most of you guys already have it all squared away. But if you have any questions at all, reach out to our sponsor, Darren J. March. He's a certified financial planner with Raymond James. I'm sure most of you guys know him. But before you invest your hard-earned money, make sure your financial advisor understands your objectives. Darren is a certified financial planner with Raymond James Financial Services and has been assisting clients in northeastern Pennsylvania for more than 17 years. Darren was born and raised and lives in Pottsville, so he's a coal region guy. Whether you need stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, or tax-favored bonds, or maybe you have an old retirement plan to roll over or your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, Darren can help. Call Darren at 570-640-8010 or email him at darren.march at raymondjames.com. Guy's a great guy. Even if you just want to call him and say hello, I'm sure he won't mind that. Uh, maybe he will. I don't know. But he makes house calls and consultations are free. Uh, Raymond James Financial Services is a member of FINRA, SIPIC. Investment Advisory Services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated. Okay. So hopefully you guys uh, think about your retirement a little more. Okay. So our big time sponsor uh, plug is in. And now we're on to the episode. Today is Ron Stabinski. Um I'm sure many of you guys know he is a world-class piano player. I've heard about him ever since I was a kid and kind of clo- loosely been following his uh, career. And the guy just travels uh, the world playing piano. And he was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert a couple of weeks ago with uh, Jack Black promoting the movie, movie Polka King with uh, Netflix and The Today Show. So it kind of jogged my uh, memory and and I reached out to him and he was kind enough to join us. Now one thing to keep in mind, I'm not a music person and by by that I mean I don't know anything about music. So if any of my questions seem a little odd, you know, just bear with me. But definitely some great insight, uh, some interesting uh, techniques and uh, take a listen. There we are, okay. So you, you, you still live in PA, correct? Okay. And you play your, your, prof- when you fill out your taxes, you put professional piano player. Is that, is that how it works?
1: Yeah, pretty much musician. Okay.
0: Yep. Now, when did you like growing up in, in, in Pottsville, when did you like figure out that maybe you could make a, like a life, a career out of, out of playing, you know, the piano?
1: I mean, uh, I think, I think I never really figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's kind of always what I did, and you know, I I went to I went to Wilkes University, got a bachelor's degree, and then I think at, at that point it was the first time I I realized that I hadn't really thought about what I wanted to do, and always kind of went with went with the flow. So I actually I actually tried to quit playing piano for a while, and I moved oh, wow. to the Midwest. I was practicing French horn and pretty much uh doing that on my own, just for my own amusement for a little while, and the piano kind of called me back through various means while I was living out there, but uh, it felt a little more like I was deciding to do it, and it wasn't just something that I kind of just went along with, but uh, yeah, it just kind of, things kind of just flowed. How did you, like,
0: was the piano the first instrument you played, or did you introduce to the piano from, from another instrument?
1: I started on electronic organs. Okay. My grandfather had one. My grandfather had one at his house, and he he made all of his kids take lessons. And uh, because he wanted to play music as a kid, and he wasn't allowed to. He was on the farm, and his father chased a guy off the property who he'd tried to get lessons from and told him that he doesn't have time for that. And so he tried to get all of his kids to play, and it didn't really stick. And But from a very young age, like before I was even speaking, I was really attracted to the stereo. And... So when he turned around 52 years old, he decided, since all his kids had already quit, that he was going to start taking lessons himself on the electronic organ. And he he noticed that I was pretty drawn to his practicing. And I was about five, and he kind of took me up on his lap and was like, "This is where this is where middle C is, and these are the C's and these are the F's, and that's where it started." So for about five years, I played the electronic organ, and he would take me to you know, shopping malls where there were music stores and I would play for people in front of the store. Oh, and neat. Now, like played, at the Fairlane like, Mall like a- or
0: Schuylkill Mall or all around, like, the county or uh, the state? There, there, was an
1: organ, there was an organ store down at the Berkshire Mall in Reading where okay. every Saturday night I would go. And so I, I did that for about five years playing electronic organ. I took some violin lessons in school. I took a bunch of other instruments from the same guy that taught me uh, organ. Was a guy named uh, Bob Bernatonus who came to the house, and it wasn't until I was I was playing a local Jerry Jerry Lewis telethon at the Fairlane Mall, and I had to try out the organ at the Schuylkill Mall. There was a store there, and the woman who was working told my grandfather, "You really should get him some classical piano lessons," and referred me to uh, my first classical piano teacher in Scranton, PA, Ann Leva. So. I didn't really come to the piano until I was 10 years old after playing the electronic organ for about five years.
0: Now, what are... I mean, you've you've traveled the world, right, playing piano. I mean, what, what are some of the places? I mean, what's been your favorite place to go play at?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, I've been playing... There's a couple of bands I play with in New York. Uh, Peter Evans, Quintet, Septet, Ensemble, depending how many people are in it. Uh, another band, mostly other people do The Killing. Those are two bands in New York, and most of our gigs are... Are throughout Europe, which is always great. Touring Europe is beautiful. It's and you'll really go great there and you'll play it.
0: Like how many people will will be at a at a concert that you guys have?
1: Oh it it varies wildly. I mean we play everything from kind of clubs to little concert halls to festivals. So we might play for anywhere from fifty to two thousand people.
0: Oh that's awesome. So where would Something you say like was your favorite place to visit in Europe for example?
1: You know, pretty consistently the audiences are great in Warsaw, Poland. Hmm, for some reason yeah the the connection seems really really strong there people seem to really follow the music and seem to be really responsive to it so I'm not sure I'm not sure why that is now that's that's, that's kind of been my favorite place
0: now for for a a young musician who's at home that might be listening to this how many hours like how many hours you have to practice a day to become a professional you know piano player classical piano player like yourself
1: yeah I, I don't know I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I mean, I I've, I've definitely spent periods of, of time where I'm playing most of the hours that I'm awake. So so it could be other, be 12, other times 12, I'm not practicing as much. There've been times I've played that and there's times that I that I don't practice as as much, but I would say I'd say uh those those periods where you're just really deeply in the zone of like checking things out and 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 trying to work things out are are really important. But, that, you know, that could also be where, where you're really just focused for 10 minutes at a time sometimes. Right. I've gotten a lot of work done where I just, you know, where you really know what it is you're trying to do and you really apply yourself in a focused way towards trying to accomplish it. So I'm not sure that the high number of hours is something that's necessary, but I think, I think the, you know, constantly having your mind on it for years and years is, is the important thing, I think. Sure.
0: Yeah, like, like, I don't, I don't know that much about music. So, I mean, like, when you sit down on a piano, do you have something in mind that you're going to play? Or is it more like a freestyle, just kind of trying out different techniques? Or, or does it just depend on the day?
1: For me, it depends on the day. I mean, I mean, in terms of what I do, and making a living, like you said, uh, putting on my tax form, that that's what I do. I I play, I play so many kinds of music from so many different uh, processes, you know, like, sometimes it's stuff that, you've learned very specifically a certain way in practice. Sometimes it's stuff that's written and you're going to try to play it exactly, but you haven't had much time to practice it. So being, being a good sight reader is important. And uh, all the way from that to totally freeform stuff, you know, my, I put out a solo record about a year and a half ago, which is completely freeform solo piano where I went into the studio with, with basically no, I, you know, no ideas. Improvised.
0: And how so, long, how long did it take you to put, you that know, and album, I make a living
1: like I mean, I was in the studio that day for about 10 hours, recorded about 90 minutes of material and used about 45 minutes of it. Okay. And then spent, spent the next year and a half obsessing over details of, uh, you know, production, the mixing and the you know, how I wanted it mastered. I had, I had recorded it to analog tape and digitally. And, so I really obsessed over all that stuff. But in terms of the actual, uh, you know, music, it was, a, it was a single single recording day session that I'd kind of been ramping up to though, for like probably about 13 years I'd wanted to do that, and
0: and it's just just, never and it's just thinking like about that. it, whether you're at the grocery store or whatever, just constantly thinking about it, I mean, till you get to that point?
1: Yeah, thinking about it and going through a process for the way you, like for me, the way I improvise changed pretty drastically over the course of uh, those 13 years from the time I decided I wanted to really work on some solo improvisation, and it went through all kinds of extreme phases, and... Yeah, it just seemed to take that long to reach a point where it's like, you know what? I think I really want to document where it is right now mm-hmm. officially and make a a formal document of it.
0: Now, now I, I I'm I'm a sports person, so I relate everything to sports. Like, you know, if you're training for something, you know, you're working certain muscles. Now, as a piano player, you're using your fingers. I mean, do your fing- I mean, is there one finger that's stronger than the other? I mean, is there stretches that you need to do to kind of? I'd imagine carpal tunnel would be a, a big thing when you're playing piano. I mean, how do, you, how do you stay fresh and, like, you know, still young on, on yeah. the piano, if you will?
1: In 2000, I I injured myself playing to the point that I, I had to cancel everything I was doing, basically. You know, so I was, like, 27 at that time. And I was really going about it in, in a way that's very much like you were just talking about it. Like, you know... I definitely noticed certain fingers were stronger than others just because they are mm-hmm. and was working on, working on trying to strengthen the weaker ones. And, uh, all these things are just based on a fallacy I had in my own mind that a lot of people do about how to physically play the piano and, and, uh, what it takes, uh, physically. And it was the best thing that was ever happened to me because I found a, I found a really great teacher in New York a woman named Edna Golanski who teaches the Taubman approach, which, uh, which is which was uh, originated by a woman named Dorothy Taubman, mm-hmm. and it basically turned upside down everything I thought I knew about like how to put a key down. That that it really it really doesn't have anything to do with finger strength. That there's a way to play that involves coordinating your fingers and your hand and your forearm. That actually takes that out of the equation completely. That that is actually not hard to put a key down, and so it's not like a, it's not like a sports activity that requires strength and endurance sure but rather just requires a really it just requires a really fine coordination to do it in such a way that's efficient that it's not an issue you know i play i i play 13 hour days of rehearsals and things now and it's it's not really an issue of endurance it's uh, maybe mental endurance more than anything you know just to, to keep everything operating the way it's supposed to be operating such that it doesn't strain you
0: now how did you hurt yourself you actually hurt yourself playing the piano like your finger
1: yeah, I got tendinitis really bad.
0: Now, when you first started that, like, because, like, again, I'm thinking of sports. Like, I'm thinking, like, when when uh, Tiger Woods like changed his stroke, there was a time there where, you know, he was playing bad compared to what he was playing with before. But then eventually he got better. Was there like kind of a learning curve with the new technique for yourself? Yep,
1: exactly. It's exactly like that. Yeah, where I really, I really, ha- I really simplified. You know, I kind of was, was. I was kind of working, but I wasn't. I wasn't playing anything where I had to read exact parts, mm-hmm. so that I could really simplify. It. So, so the, you know, after about, I probably had spent a few years where I wasn't really improvising at all. When I lived in the Midwest, I was accompanying a lot of difficult contemporary accompaniment parts to classical saxophone music, classical flute music, things like this, and I wasn't improvising at all. So during this period of the injury, I got back into playing gigs where I was making up my own part. You know, playing polka gigs, playing funk gigs, jazz bands, and really kind of simplified my playing for a while, trying to just apply the new technical approach I was trying to learn. It was it was probably about two years that I waited until I really dove headfirst back into playing all kinds of music again. Now, work and were stuff. you
0: frustrated, or were you kind of like, you, you knew there was kind of light at the end of the tunnel? where you are like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work?
1: Um, I, I, I actually, right from lesson one with Edna Golansky, I, 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 I felt like this was... I mean, it, it was so revelatory that I actually—it actually gave me a, a lot of patience. I was very frustrated before I found her because I was trying to rest to make it get better, and every time I would start playing again, it would just instantly hurt again. So I, that was the barrier to frustration. And but as soon as I had that first lesson with her, the feeling was like, wow, where has this been my whole life? You know, I, I felt like, you know, whatever, whatever this is and this process is, I was definitely in for. Whatever it took to get to the point, I, I I was very confident in it because she was able to demonstrate what she was able to do through the work. So right. I trusted it, you know.
0: And I imagine too, like you get in a zone too when if you're like at the piano's or point where you're like just in a zone where everything's just kind of clicking and, and working for you.
1: That's the ideal, for sure. <clears throat> I,
0: I'm a, I'm assuming. Have you watched the movie uh, Whiplash?
1: No, I never saw
0: that. I oh, heard about it. Okay, yeah, yeah it's a great movie. I, I'm I was wondering how, how accurate that was in terms of uh you know, trying to play the piano when you when you have someone uh, you know, kind of beating down the door to make sure you get it right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fortunately I I fortunately have never had uh that kind of experience, so
0: <laughs> now, okay, so just this past week you were on the late show with uh, Stephen Colbert, correct? That's right. So with Jack Black, who's uh, who's doing the movie the the Polka King on is that on Netflix or is that out in the theaters? Yep, yeah, that's on Netflix. Okay, now and if for those of you who don't know, it's the Polka King is a it's a it's about a a polka guy from Hazelton, correct? He had a he had a business. affair. Right. Now how did you how did that come about? I mean, how did you get the call to be on the on the on the Late Show?
1: Well, I mean, I I actually uh, I know those guys and played with them. In like the late '90s, early 2000s, on
0: on the band. right when
1: everything kind of collapsed. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, they got the call, the call to do this Netflix thing, and and so they they just called me, and it was a great kind of reunion with some old friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And and you played one night on the Colbert Show. Yeah, we played uh, we played Colbert, and then we did uh, Today's Show the next morning. Oh,
0: okay. And Jack Black did it with both of you guys. Yep. And I mean, how, what's that experience like? Like being on the Late Show. I mean, is it just surreal in a sense?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a. I mean, there's like a lot of people working there that are whisking you around, and uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty organized operation. You know, you're there for a long time doing load ins and sound checks and hair and makeup and just uh, a lot of downtime in the green room, and the whole thing is like a blur. You know, and of course, then from there, we have that three o'clock load in. To the today show so it, it was kind of like a 36 hour blur between rehearsing oh, is that, and is that three o'clock in the morning in the,
0: three o'clock in the morning in the today show
1: yeah that's what time we were supposed to load in
0: oh my gosh we so were
1: actually it. supposed to load in we we're supposed to we were supposed to load in the previous afternoon but we were busy at the, at the late show so so they had to reschedule our load in and hired the guys there overtime to come a little earlier in the morning to to get us in ideally we would have been loaded in the night before
0: sure now, do you ever come back to, I, I see sometimes you have a concert here, right? Do you have any upcoming concerts come, uh, coming here in uh, in in School County?
1: Boy, that's a good question. I never know where I'm going. <laughs> now, do you have like a manager who kind of
0: keeps you on schedule, or do you kind of have to do your own calendar in terms of? Uh,
1: no, I just have my little black book that I try not to, try not to lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm- I, I dare not put it in my phone because I' am terrible with technology. Yeah, that's what my girlfriend. So, is. She
0: she still keeps the the actual yeah. handwritten thing. I put everything in my phone, which is probably a bad idea because I usually end up losing it once a week anyway. So you, you said you're you're up you're you're still in the coal region, right? You're up by Wilkesbury now.
1: Yep, I live in uh, just north of Wilkesbury in Plains.
0: Okay. And then you go to the city a couple times a week, then.
1: Yeah, it depends what's going on, but yeah. Sometimes right. I'm not there for a couple of weeks or something, but sometimes I'm there five or six days in a row. So it, it just depends what's going on. Like two gigs there this week.
0: Now, what's uh, I'll leave you this last question here. What's what's the what's the part from the coal region that you're able to kind of like something from the coal region that you learn that kind of helps you just playing the piano every day?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I, you know the the, the thing I notice is like you, you 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 go lots of places and play with people. There, there's a lot of people that have come out of our area that that do really well in this, in this career in music. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know, there, there, there seems to be a common quality of, just a kind of a down to earth quality that all these guys that are from this area that, that come, that really make it easy to work with them. Sure. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of great players out there, ton of great players. And, uh, you know, there's more to I think having a career and working with people than how well you play. And Absolutely. I think that's the, the one thing from growing up where, where we're from is, uh, it just seems to be like re- like really nice people that are easy to easy to work with.
0: Now, do you do you notice? So I like, hope I have
1: that too.
0: Does your you know experience from growing up here? Is that does that reflect in your music in terms of the style?
1: Um, you know, it it would be hard for me to say. I'm probably too I'm probably too close to it to know what sure. what is coming out of the style. It's uh it's pretty likely that uh, you know, you get to a certain level of making music and whatever whatever you are, whatever you've been seems to seems to come out. I mean sure. it's easier to notice in other people's music that you hear what they do and you can you can really hear like where they came from, you know? It totally makes sense. So I don't Absolutely. know I don't know if that's the case in my music or if I've reached that point in my own work. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of work with other people and lots of different other styles too. So, hopefully, it brings something particular that somebody else wouldn't. You know?
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, great. I'm definitely. I'm, I'll find. Uh, I'll post the the clip of. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube of you guys playing on the Colbert Show. I'm sure people will enjoy that. I saw a couple pictures online. It, it's. Uh, it was pretty neat to see you there, Jack Black, and uh, on the set of the Colbert the Late Show. So. Definitely a, yeah, a far it, away it was, from the pole was, region. <laughs> it was pretty neat.
1: it's a, it's, a, it's, it's pretty surreal. And, and just, you know, the the connections with people, it's like I've never met Jack Black, but I had just come actually from Phoenix the day before where I was recording with one of my favorite bands, the Meat Puppets. Okay. And the first, it's my first kind of project with them. I played a couple of shows with them just sitting in for fun in uh, Phoenix and San Diego over the past couple of months. And now we started working on a record as a, you know, with uh, with uh, with five instruments, and you know, Jack Black turns out to also be someone that I've known to be someone who's a big follower of that band. So,
0: oh, look at that! You
1: know, to have something to talk about right away with—it's just funny the way the timing works out in the music world. You know, that you meet people at certain times, and it's, absolutely.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much, Ron. Neat. I really appreciate it. I know you got to. better
1: talking with you, man.
0: Thank you, guys, again. Please. Keep liking us on Facebook, telling your friends, telling your family. Uh, like us on Twitter. And again, the great thing about podcasts is if you missed an episode, you could go back. You could take a, a listen to all of them. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.